Welcome to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. I'm your host and the president of IAW, Megan Bizzuto. This show features amazing women from the IAW community who are climbing the corporate ladder and taking their communities with them. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Unlimited Horizons, the podcast by the International Association of Women. My name is Megan Bizzuto, and I am your host here today, and so excited to have another IAW influencer joining me for a fantastic conversation. Today, we're going to talk all about boundaries and talk about journeys, mindset, lots, lots of great tips and resources. Quick introduction, I have Jennifer Cassetta joining me today. She's a nationally recognized keynote and TEDx speaker, a high-performance coach, self-defense expert, and author of The Art of Badassery, Unleash Your Mojo with Wisdom of the Dojo. Um, I find it funny. I'm showing the book, but this is a podcast, so you can't actually see it, but I have the book (laughs) here in my hand. Um, So Jennifer... Tell me a little more about your background. How, like, let's, let's start with the book. How did you get to the point of saying, I'm going to write this book? How? Yes. Um, I had wanted to write a book for so many years. In fact, I went to a nonfiction book proposal writing class 15 plus years ago in New York and never actually wrote the book. Why? Not that particular book, but whatever book I was writing at the time, I think it was called Health in the City, um, but Uh, I listened to a couple people who told me it's not the right time for you. You don't have a big enough following. And I let that get into my head as a limiting belief. And I waited and waited until finally I said, it doesn't matter what size following I have. I have this message that I need to share with women everywhere. um, And I want to give them the tools. And this framework came out of me um, while in the writing process where all of a sudden, as I was writing the chapters, I was like, oh my God, this kind of correlates to belt colors in a martial artist journey. And I use martial arts as a metaphor for the entire book. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. One thing I really love is it's set up, the chapters are are set up based on belts. And I, I've shared this before, but the the first chapter is called embrace the suck. And (laughs) I think that so often these, these things come our way, whether they're big things or little things, and we're always sort of trying to get over it or get past it. Mm. And so why do you think it's important to embrace the suck versus this, like resist the the challenge right. or resist the hard stuff? Yeah, because, because it's easy and I'm doing quotes, people that can't see the video, <laughs> it's easy to bypass the feelings. It's easy to numb ourselves and drown out the feelings with, you know, shopping or wine or binge binge doom scrolling or Netflix, right? So we can bypass all those feelings and get on with our lives. But I really think it's necessary if you want to actually heal and move on from these challenges, these opponents that come our way, um, to sit with it a little, you know, sit in the uncomfort and, and, Accept that this is what's happening right now in your life or in the past, if you're letting the past still be in your present. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So important on my own journey. I've realized I can't outrun it, right? I can't, it's, 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 you have to, you have to embrace it. You have to sit with it until mm-hmm. you can, you can feel at a point where, okay, it happened. This yeah. is, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to, to figure out what's next. <laughs> 
Yeah, because otherwise, and we've all been there, we've all, or we've all seen it with other people is it will play out later in your life. Mm -hmm. And it may come out in other ways, like repressed anger, and you're taking it out on people that don't deserve it, or limiting beliefs, and you're self sabotaging yourself. So really, you know, sitting with the anger, feeling the feelings, getting help. And the second chapter is all about how, how do we actually bounce back? And part of that is like getting a support system around you Mm. um, to help you through those times, because you're not meant to just either bypass them or do it alone. That is so true. You have to feel the feels, right? You have to, you have to let it out. You have to like process it. And (laughs) I, I love what you said about getting help because nobody should feel like they're alone on this journey. There's, there's so many resources out there and embrace that, right? Go find your people, go find the support because it does make it easier. I know it's hard to say, I need help, raise my hand and say, Hey, not doing okay here. But once you do, it's almost like you open that door to, Oh, okay. Well now, now I'm not alone. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I think, and I like to point out just one step further is finding people um, that have gone through similar challenges that you're going through. So, you know, a lot of times people get burned because they're reaching out to the wrong people. Um, you know, maybe family members or the friends that they always go to with the same things. And it's like, I learned this when I was going for a hip replacement surgery that I was, I was leaning on people in my life that had zero experience with that. And it wasn't until I went on Facebook and found a private Facebook group called, um, young people with total hip replacements. <laughs> and they, they call themselves hipsters and hippies. And I was like, oh my God, these are my people. So yeah, it's like finding, like you said, there are resources, there are specific resources for every kind of challenge that you can imagine. It, you know, social media in some ways, it, like there's, I have my challenges with social media and, and just yeah. the being present everywhere and what's there. But I do have to say, similarly, I have found Facebook groups where it's a group full of strangers and I've never felt so connected. I've never felt so seen and supported. And, um, it's interesting. So years ago, my, my ex-husband had a massive stroke and I found a Facebook group of caregivers of stroke patients or spouses of, I, it was, I think it was spouses and joined the group. And actually there was a woman in the group who was in the same rehab facility with her husband in Boston when we were there. And she was like, Oh "Oh my God, how are you? Like, cause we had seen each other in the hallway, but never. And, and it's like, you can find these connections with people who truly understand what you're going through. They may not be there the day, like day to day to hold your hand through it, Mm -hmm. but just that connection of, Oh, it's not just me. I'm not alone. (laughs) Exactly. No one has to be alone. No challenge has never not happened before. Right. Right. That is true. That is true. Um, so I want to, I, I want to keep going through the book. So we talked about chapter one and two, but I want to get to chapter three and, um, you talk about creating distance and setting boundaries. And Mm -hmm. this is something that is, is so important, but so many people struggle with the idea of boundaries and boundaries being a negative thing. Why do you think that we have this negative perception of boundaries and how can we um, reframe them to look at them as good things? Yeah, probably. I mean, the first thing that's coming to me is probably because we've been told and the minute that we assert ourselves that we're bitchy, bitchy yep. bitches. Um, <laughs> you know, no one likes that woman because she's so rough around the edges, blah, blah, blah. That's probably why we have a hard time <laughs> with them. Yeah. And the fact that most or not, I'm not going to say most women. 
many women um, usually put other people's needs in front of their own. And therefore it's, we're always um, worrying about people's feelings or needs or wants or desires before our own. And we wind up not setting boundaries and not taking care of ourselves. So over time, you become a people pleaser. Over time, that breeds resentment, even anger sometimes. That, again, can be misdirected. Um, and then eventually, all of that for decades and decades leads can lead to burnout. Right, right. I think it's it's so important to recognize that that element of we always feel like we have to put everyone else before ourselves. Mm-hmm. And why is that, right? What's causing that? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to... So, I'm, can, I know can I'm, we dig into that question? Because I think yeah. it's really important. I don't yeah. have I don't have the answers. <laughs> I yeah. have some some in, <laughs> you know um, hunches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For me, it's always the I don't want to make other people feel bad. Like I'm willing to sacrifice my own sanity at times or my own comfort level because I don't want to make somebody else feel like I'm like oh your problem feels bigger than mine so I'm gonna I'm gonna help you with yours mm-hmm. and I'm I'm a people pleaser. Like I always want to, I always want to say, yes, I hate saying no. Right. That's kind of my thought on it. But what about, what about you? Well, I was going a little deeper, like, where does this come from? Right. And I, I think knowing how (laughs) I grew up, even with a mother who is a very independent woman and um, very strong and mentally strong, I still watched, you know, my dad's needs be put above hers. Um, And I saw that in my family. I see that we see that on TV. We see that in other families around, you know, that we grew up with. So it's steeped so deep inside. It is. It is. And generations and generations, right? It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to move on to to how we break that cycle. And so I'm literally following along in the book. And I I don't mean this as like, you have to go buy this book and read it. But (laughs) the way Jennifer has this set up is it's very action oriented. And I, I, I have, you can't see my bookshelf behind me, but I have a whole row, like there's rows and rows of books all over my house. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love books where I can be like, yes, that I can go start implementing that today. And so you talk about this exercise, your hell yes list and an exercise of your hell no list. Tell me about these lists and and yeah. why they're so important. Well, for those of us that don't even know what our boundaries are sometimes, I think that's also another common um, thing out there is we know when things don't feel good. We know when it doesn't feel good when someone speaks to us in a certain way or treats us a certain way, but sometimes we have to get really clear on why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually, you know, through the exercise, you can write it down or just think about it. What are, what are, what is on my hell no list? And that is the the list where I will never allow this to happen again. I will never allow someone to treat me like this again. So first you want to get clear on your hell yes list. What are the, how do you want to feel in relationships and not just intimate relationships, but relationships with your boss, your colleagues, your coworkers, um, the people you meet on the street, you know, friends. So, you know, write that list out. You want to feel supported. You want to feel uplifted. You want to feel mentored. You want to feel coached. Whatever that comes up, however that, even just respected, right? So the opposite of that list is going to be your hell no list. If you feel disrespected, if you feel unsupported, if you feel put down, manipulated in any way, on and on and on, add to that list. 
Yep. So you will know and you will be clear when it happens that this is where I need to set a boundary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's move into the actual setting of boundaries because we there's there's that you can make your list and you can say, this is what I believe, but then the execution of boundaries and, and holding those boundaries in place can be challenging, mm-hmm. especially if you have people who are comfortable saying, well, but what about me? What about this? What about like, there's, I find some people are so comfortable pushing back. Right. And, mm. and so it's interesting. So how do we, how do we get yeah. better about enforcing the boundaries and really staying true to this is my list. This is, this is, yeah. this is where yeah. I'm going to be. Well, that's where, um, really I'm clear about in the book and, you know, when I'm giving these, these workshops and keynotes is that there's no right or wrong way to set boundaries. It's, I give lots of options, right? There are many options on how to do that. So first I want people to get clear on how comfortable are you with confrontation? So I think there's um, a heading in there, something about, you know, your confrontation comfort zone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and knowing what that is like. And some people are very comfortable setting boundaries, very comfortable, like telling people off even, right? That's, I find being a New Yorker, I I know a lot of those people. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break to talk about the International Association of Women. We talk a lot about the challenges women face, and we know that the best way to overcome challenges is with a supportive community by your side. The International Association of Women is here to support you throughout your professional journey. No matter where you're at in your career or business, IAW has the resources, tools, programming, and events to help you make progress towards your goals. This includes frequent networking events where you can show up authentically and share your ask with the community, a resource library filled with ebooks and templates, and monthly workshops and webinars that are geared towards helping you maximize your potential. Visit www.iawomen.com to learn more about the IAW community and how IAW will help you fast track your success. All right, let's get back to the show. And on the opposite side of the spectrum, there are people that shy away from it and think it is the worst thing in the world to get into any type of confrontation with someone. Wherever you lie on that spectrum is just fine. There's nothing wrong with you, no matter where you are. Um, The power comes in knowing it. So then when you, again, are confronted by someone overstepping your boundaries, you have options. And that's where I go back into the metaphor of the martial arts, where we have soft blocks and hard blocks. Hard blocks is where you meet an opponent's force with a force equal to or stronger than the initial assault. So that's like a no, back off, get out of my space, right? Like appropriate, probably on the street, maybe not so in the boardroom, boardroom, right? Unless it's warranted. (laughs) Because it might be. Might be. It might be. Um, But softer blocks can be equally as effective. And softer blocks, again, there are many different um, options that I lay out in the book. Um, You know, and again, there are many different ways of of, uh, intruding on someone's boundaries. So I'm just talking about verbal here, right? Kind of verbal assaults. Um, When you feel those coming at you, you om- the soft way of blocking is almost blending with it momentarily and then redirecting it back at your mm-hmm. attacker, right? I'm not saying air quotes too. <laughs> yeah. You can do that in simple little ways like, 
I'm sorry, what'd you say? And make someone repeat what they just said or or ask them a question back and say, hey, do you think that was appropriate what you just said to me? Or, hey, this is how it landed on me. Was that your intention? Really powerful ways to momentarily, you're, you're, it's like kind of like you're processing what just happened because a lot of times we freeze. It's our brain's reaction to an attack, right? Mm-hmm. Even if an emotional attack, we freeze. Mm-hmm. So it gives us a chance to take a beat, gain our composure, and come back with a question. Yep. And exercising that that pause and take a beat can be so important because mm. depending on where, your situation or your comfort level, I've been known to like, it's like the reaction is maybe not the the re- best reaction for that moment in time. Yeah. And that pause just allows me to go, wait, okay, we're going to, we're going to deal with this a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it can be really important. It can be hard, right? In the moment, depending on what, if we're feeling attacked, it, we often want to <laughs> fight yeah. back. Um, but you can even say, Hey, I need a minute. I need and a just minute. Stand there Don't and breathe. Mm-hmm. Or I'll mm-hmm. get back to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. take you by you setting, um, by you doing that, you're standing back in your power. You're taking control of the conversation again. Right. Right. Which is so just, important. Yeah. <laughs> the, the head, ex- I, I often am like the head explosion, right? It's like, I just, <laughs> I like, Oh no, we're, we're, we're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think depending on the situation, sometimes it's warranted to have that, that difficult response, but, or the, mm-hmm. the harder response. But the, when I think about in the, in the meeting space, in the professional setting, often mm-hmm. we don't want to be known as the person who's always screaming, right? We don't want to mm-hmm. be like, when we think about who we are and what we stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a fun way, like in the book, I know that these are, these are hard topics and these are big things, but you break it down in such an, a, an actionable fun way that it it's like, Oh, that's a really good point. I could do that. Yeah. (laughs) And, and we're starting to see different examples of it in in the media. But when you were saying that, I was just reminded of the, you know, Senator, I'm speaking from Kamala Harris, like just these boundaries happen so often. And we usually wait until we get home or leave the boardroom to say, darn it, why didn't I stick up for myself? Why didn't I say something in the moment? Um, so having some of these, these kickbacks, you know, things to say kind of memorized even would be a great way to have them in your back pocket. So they're easier to come out in the moment. That actually, I had a coach once talk me through, I was heading into some family situations and had some concerns and she's like, well, let's just have your, have your responses ready. You know what they're going to ask you. And so if you have some canned responses ready, and I find with people, there's, there's sometimes people at work where you always know where the conversation's going and, right. and you can be equipped to be better planned to respond. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, um, I had to do it with a, with a girlfriend um, recently where she was just like digging into a topic that I just didn't want to talk about at that moment. And I kept saying, hey, I, don't, I really don't want to go there right now. I don't want to talk about this. Um, <laughs> but I had to tell her, you know, enough already. And this conversation is is coming to a close because you're not listening to me yeah. and you're just going on and on and on. So, you know, it was really awkward and it was not something I it was not a way I wanted to end our conversation or even our evening, but I had to, but you had to. Yeah. 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 And I think 
being mindful of protecting your own mental space, right? It's that mm-hmm. if it can, if they continue and continue and, and zap your energy, mm-hmm. that's, that's pulling you away from something else. And you have to be really mindful of that. And you know, it's okay if it's a good friend and you just have to say, I've had enough today. Yeah. And you know, the whole book, actually, the whole framework is about protecting your energy mm-hmm. because what are we, if we are not energy, what do we have? If we have no energy, Yep. right? We have no life. We have no love. We have no relationships. We have no health if we have no energy. So we have to protect it and we can't rely on anyone else to do that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit. One of the things that I love to do on this podcast is talk about some of the challenges we've had throughout our journeys and, and share kind of our own stories, but, but any advice to help others, because as we know, and we said it before, right? If, if I'm going through it, somebody else likely has before as well. <laughs> and For sure. um, so one of the things you shared earlier in your form uh, is imposter syndrome and mm. your work with corporate clients. Yeah. Can you, can you talk us through this a little bit and how you, how you overcome it or how you, you manage it? Because I, I, I personally think imposter syndrome is something we, we live with. Like it, it follows us at all mm-hmm. times. It might be different levels, but I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear your perspective on how you've worked to overcome it as you, as you accelerate in your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the reason it's there or what for me anyway, is, um, because I really never had a corporate job. I started my career in a couple of corporate jobs when I was, you know, just fresh out of college, really one corporate job. And then I worked for um, these small little businesses up until September 11th, which is a story I tell in the book. I'm not going to go there now. Um, And then after that, it was this whole journey of working for myself. So from literally from a personal trainer, martial arts instructor, personal trainer, health coach, nutritionist, on and on and on to the speaker that I am today. Um, So I don't have many references. I don't have the lingo. I don't um, have experience in corporate America mm-hmm. now, or, and for the last five, six years, you know, I'm mostly selling to corporate America. I am a coach for women in corporate America. I walk in, um, as a speaker in these groups in corporate America. So when I'm especially speaking to leadership, um, you know, I kind of feel like, well, what am I doing here? Uh, how do, you know, I didn't, co- climb the corporate ladder. What, what, you know, and I, so I have this whole thing. So imposter syndrome really is like, what's the phrase? It's kind of like, um, how did I get here? Or why am I here? I don't belong. I don't, I don't belong. I don't have, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't belong here. That's it. Yep. Um, and even before that, even before the speaking, I was, um, a health coach to very, very wealthy clients. So I experienced it then, then too, I was traveling around the world with a billionaire on private jets, staying in these, you know, five star luxury places. And really, I mean, I met like a King one day, no joke. And here I am in my yoga pants, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, hi, how did I I get here? (laughs) How did I get here? What am I doing? And And is it okay? You know, I think that's the thing that comes up. Is it okay for me to be here? Like, hell yes, it's okay for me to be here. Mm -hmm. And so I have to really speak to myself in that way, like kind of give myself a a little smack, like, yes, I belong here. And even use that as a mantra when I'm in these 
different situations. The other thing that I've noticed or that I've, you know, been teaching myself um, when dealing with imposter syndrome, especially now the corporate one is, hey, a lot of people in the corporate world probably look at me and say, wow, look at her career. I kind of, you know, the grass is always greener kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I think when you, when you shift the perspective, look at what they can gain from you because you're not influenced by the way it's always been or the things we always do. Right. There's that, that outside view of, of how you do things can be, can be so impactful and so helpful. Whereas being in, being in the corporate world myself, like you get stuck in that, well, this is just the way we have to do it. And when like, it's almost like flipping the script on yourself of, well, no, I don't know everything they know because I didn't follow that path, but look at, I have things that, that they don't know. And, and, and yeah. maybe I can help them look at it differently. So that's, and, and bingo, because I have been leaning into that even more. I'm instead of like, when I was first starting out, I'd be like, Oh, this is a little too woo woo. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and now I have people like visualizing during Mm -hmm. keynotes, crying, Mm -hmm. feeling their feelings, blocking, you know, hugging each other. And it's the most uncorporate thing I could possibly do. And I love it. And, but you're building connection with them and you're, you're, you're shifting them outside Mm -hmm. of the, the, their normal, what they're always doing. So it's going to be impactful. It's going to be memorable. And that's, that's amazing. I love that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so lean in. Uh, lean in, lean into it for sure. So I want to, as we start to wrap up here, before I get to this final question, I want to make sure people know where to find you on social. We're going to have all of your links and good stuff in the show notes. Um, you can find the book on Amazon. We've got jennifercassetta.com, your website, and you are on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and TikTok. What's yeah. your favorite? Where do you prefer to be followed on social media? Instagram and LinkedIn. I tend to um, have conversations with people on Instagram, whereas TikTok, I don't even look at. So yeah. <laughs> um, I always like to ask because it's yeah. everyone has a preferred platform, right? But you, um, all of those links will be in the show notes. So you can go follow, go. I, I recommend uh, if, if you like to read, like I do by the book, it's a really, it's a, it's a fun one and it's, it's actionable and supportive. Um, so finally, we're going to, we're going to close out here with one tip and what you submitted in our show notes, um, Mm. invest time in personal growth. And I love the way you broke this down. 10 minutes a day is 60 hours a year. What could you read, listen to journal about, et cetera. So share a little more, go a little deeper with us on this, this tip of personal growth. I have been a lifelong learner. I always will. Well, I am a lifelong learner and I suggest it for everyone. If you want to have a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, um, personal growth, self-help, whatever you want to call it, there's so much to learn out there. There's even when you think you know all of it already, there's a new perspective, a new way to look at it, a new voice, um, a new interesting tidbit. And um, I just, I, I think we're we can all benefit, right? If you take that 10 minutes a day, don't ever think it's selfish because becoming a better person helps the people around you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, and in general, humanity. So it's actually selfless. 10 minutes a day comes to 60 hours a year and 60 hours a year, you could do a lot of work. Absolutely. Such a great way to to wrap us up here. Jennifer, thank you so much. (laughs) I enjoyed this conversation. Lots of great takeaways and 
and things to go explore. Uh, for you. those of you listening, thank you. Let us know. Uh, definitely leave a review or a comment if if you found any of this helpful. And definitely go go connect with Jennifer. Go check out the book. I I highly recommend this one. And uh, we will see you all back here again next week with a new episode. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Unlimited Horizons, a podcast hosted by the International Association of Women. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at www.iawomen.com.